Welcome back to the Life of a King podcast. This is going to be the start of a little mini-series about a variety of topics that are all centered around this theme of focusing within. And each episode is going to kind of build on one another and be connected. I view all of these concepts as being related to one another and to think of it metaphorically kind of like building a house. There's a whole lot of different components that go into it. But once you're done, the sum is greater than the parts, and you have a finished project. But before I get started on today's topic, I need to clarify, what exactly do I mean by focusing within? To me, focusing within is taking the deliberate action to focus on self-discovery and self-growth and the various forms and ways that these, um, these things can just show up in your life, whatever that may be. It's something that's kind of unique to each person, so I can't really elaborate on that in specifics. But today specifically, the concept that I'm going to focus on is this idea of mindfulness, which from personal experience, I think is one of, if not the most important concepts that I'll be talking about in this mini-series. Mindfulness is all about being in the present moment, but not just being in the present moment. It's also being aware of how you feel and finding what it is that's making you feel that way. Just kind of coming to terms with everything you have going on. I've found mindfulness to be extremely beneficial. And that's why I consider it to be, when looking at the house metaphor, the foundation of the house. Without mindfulness, over time, your house will crumble. Because it won't be able to support the weight that you're putting on it. If you continuously put too much weight or pressure on yourself, then you're not going to be sturdy. You're not going to be able to stand the test of time. You're going to start seeing these cracks and these breakdowns. And that causes damage, not just for yourself, but anyone else who kind of gets caught in the crossfire. And, you know, I, I get what you're thinking. You know, what I said sounds pretty simple. Just, you know, focus on how you feel. How hard can that be, you know? But the reality is that this idea is a lot more difficult than it seems because we have a lot of things going on in our lives that actually discourage us from practicing mindfulness. I mean, if you look around you, we live in a world that is in a state of constant movement, perpetual motion. It's one thing going on. And as soon as we check one thing off, we're off to the next thing. We're doing the next thing. We don't stop to smell the roses. We don't slow down and enjoy the experiences along the way. It's just go, go, go. And kind of going along with this idea of what I'm talking about is the prevalence of technology. Technology, I mean, it's a great thing. It's allowed us to do a lot of things that we wouldn't be able to do in the past. But it's also kind of put us in this state of where we have access to millions of things at our fingertips constantly. We're constantly going. And, you know, I kind of think it's ironic because technology was built with the intention to bring people together. And it's certainly been successful in doing that. But I would argue that along the way, technology has made us disconnected with ourselves. There's always something going on. Or just a quick way, like I said, we're never forced to just stop. And just be alone with ourselves and our thoughts and just kind of take inventory of where we're at as a person and emotionally. And, I mean, it makes sense that we don't want to do that because that's not always a fun thing to do. The truth of the matter is, 
everyone has their demons that we're fighting, whether you can see them or not. And it, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot more enjoyable in the short term to just pretend that we don't feel anything, that we're fine, you know, we don't have these feelings, these demons, whatever you want to call it, and to just keep on scrolling endlessly through social media or watching show after show after show. But the truth of the matter is, none of those things solve anything. It just opens the door for you to begin to use these ways, these things as a way to unhealthily escape from your life and just kind of get away from those feelings. And I want to be clear when I say this. I don't think that taking a break and escaping from your normal life is an inherently bad thing. I think like everything else in life, it's one of those things that's it's all about moderation and it's healthy in moderation. Like I said, watching a show can be an escape from your reality. But at the same time, so can sports, reading, listening to music, camping, driving, or whatever else you can think of that you enjoy to do. And I don't think any of these things in and of themselves are inherently bad. But it's all about how you use them. If you're using them to avoid how you feel, that's when the possibility of problems start to arise. I know personally it took me a lot of time to be able to begin practicing mindfulness because I was using various things like TV, just videos online, on YouTube, whatever it is, just to distract myself and to not deal with this and pretend like I didn't have those feelings because I didn't want to deal with it. And part of this stemmed from the idea that kind of, at least in my opinion, gets implemented into guys that you're not really supposed to be this emotional outward, like emo- outward emotionally person. You're supposed to keep it in, you know, be this big, tough guy, whatever it is, which I don't, which I think is a load of bull. But, you know, that's what, that's one of those things that growing up in my hometown, that's something that was kind of expressed. So I adopted that idea. And that was one of the barriers I had to overcome in order to begin practicing mindfulness. But part of it also came from, honestly, these feelings that I had that were insecurities within me. And, you know, it's tough to address your insecurities and be able to be present enough in the moment to realize that's all they are, insecurities. It's not the truth, just something your brain tries to tell you is the truth. But I I can't stress enough just how much my way of thinking and everything else associated with that changed as soon as I let go of those ideas. And I began to ground myself in the moment and be mindful, practice that mindfulness. And it spilled over into other areas of my life too. And it's it's just amazing. But by being mindful... It helped me understand why I had those insecurities, what was making me feel that way, and why I was believing these things. And as a result, I was able to address those issues so that they wouldn't come back up, or at the very least, not come back up as often. Because the truth is, I'm a work in progress like everyone else. I'm constantly trying to practice mindfulness, but sometimes I have a bad day, bad week, or whatever else it is. And then that's when I start to find myself, you know, slipping back into those bad habits, like bad state of mind, not the mindfulness that I want to be practicing. So that's when, you know, I have to kind of 
be careful and be like, okay, no, I'm not going to let myself do this. And I'm lucky. Now I have enough people in my life who I'm able to be open with. And, you know, I've gotten past those points where I believe those false ideas about, like, addressing how to address my state of mind and, like, the stress and all that, you know, healthy coping, healthy coping mechanisms. And so I can tell someone, I can talk to them and be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. Because of that mindfulness, I'm able to identify in that moment why I'm feeling that way. And then they're able to kind of be like, okay, I understand what you're saying. And then they just kind of help twist the perspective. Not, I don't think twist is the right word. I think shift. They help me shift my perspective. So I can kind of see, hey, wait, you know, like, this isn't really, this is what I was thinking it is, but I was wrong, because this is what the reality is. And then they can help me get back on track in that mindfulness. And I'm really grateful, grateful to have those people who I can be open with, who can help get me on track. And I can have those, like, deep one-on-one conversations with. Because it's really a great thing to have. And you always need at least a few people in your life you can talk like that with. So now, so I know all of this might seem kind of all over the place. So I want to end by just kind of summarizing how I began practicing mindfulness. What you kind of might be able to expect to happen if you begin practicing mindfulness yourself. And then also state some of the long-term benefits that have been linked to mindfulness. So... I practice mindfulness by kind of treating it almost as a game of 20 questions. I start with something simple, like, how am I feeling right now? Am I angry? Am I stressed? Am I happy? Or am I feeling however else? It doesn't matter. And okay, I know how I'm feeling. What do I have going on in my life that's contributing to me feeling this way? And I'm like, once I figure that out, I go, okay. So what about that thing is making me feel that emotion? And why? And you just kind of keep going as far as you need until you're able to kind of pinpoint what those emotional triggers are. And the one thing I will say about this is, at first, though, at least for me, my mind tended to just kind of give me a general vague answer. It didn't want to give that specific. It just kind of wanted to give me an answer and then be done. So you kind of have to keep digging and pushing and prodding to get yourself past that stage so you can actually get to the root cause of this. And, you know, it's it's tough. It's not something to do at first because, again, at least in my experience, it wasn't a way of thinking and kind of questioning that I was used to. So it takes time, it takes practice, but if you stick with it, it's just, I can't stress enough how great the benefits are because... Like I said, if you think of the house metaphor, mindfulness is the foundation. And just the more you practice, the more you do this, the stronger your foundation becomes. And that opens up the doors for way more possibilities for self-growth, self-reflection, self-discovery, everything else further on down the line. And, you know, it's also one of those things that the more you do this, the more practice the less questioning you have to do because you become more in tune with your body and your mind to where you can just kind of know 
and tell when something bothers you and when you're kind of fluctuating from one state of mind to another to like being mindful to not being mindful that type of thing and then the benefits of doing all of this so some of the benefits that have been linked to practicing mindfulness is that it's helped people cope with their stress anxiety and depression that they face throughout the day and just from my personal experience, I can certainly attest that being mindful and practicing mindfulness has helped me to be able to just better deal with everything that life thro- has thrown at me and just kind of be overall in a better state of mind. And I want to end this with a quote from cartoonist Bill Keen, which I think perfectly just sums up the mindfulness mentality we should all try to have. And it says, Yesterday's history tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift of God, which is why we call it the present. And I encourage you all to try practicing mindfulness and just kind of focusing on the gift of the present we're giving, we're given and we're blessed with on a daily basis, and just kind of try to become more in tune with yourself and see how that shifts your life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this, and if you enjoyed it, I hope you're on the lookout to listen to the rest of this series and just continue to hear my thoughts on self-discovery and focusing within. Thank you.